Hello, welcome to the Thursday, September 7th, 2017 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. We are still monitoring very closely the Struts 2 vulnerability that was announced on Tuesday. An exploit has been released now in the form of a Metasploit module. So exploitation at this point is ongoing. You have to patch this this week or take other mitigating actions like, for example, disabling the REST plugin if you have it enabled in the first place. Of course, that may May not be an option if you're actually actively using it. Let us know if you see any use of the exploit in the wild. Haven't seen anything yet in my honeypots. Have to check again. The last time I checked was a couple hours ago. But this is something that probably already is being used in more targeted attacks. So if you are running a vulnerable site, then make sure when you're patching that you also double check that the server hasn't already been exploited. And MongoDB instances that are not properly secured continue to be the focus of a ransomware. There is a new Google Doc table that a couple of security researchers put together that lists 27,000 databases that have successfully been hijacked by ransomware. And apparently almost all of them, and that's 22,500 of them, were apparently hijacked by one particular group, which identifies it by one specific email address. Now, ransom demands are actually not all that high, 0.052.2 uh, bitcoins, which comes down to somewhere around 200 to maybe $1,000, depending on the exchange rate for a bitcoin. But even though it's not all that expensive to pay up, it looks like not too many people are actually paying. One of the Bitcoin addresses being used by this very large group only got about 0.6 Bitcoin so far. So in the order of $2,000, that's actually kind of a good thing that people are not paying up, but may also be a sign. And that was also suggested in some discussions around this particular table that many of these databases weren't productive databases, but uh, really more test databases and the like. And that's also why they weren't secured properly. But important lesson remains if you are setting up a database, if you are brave enough to expose it to the internet, then please secure it properly with username and password or possibly with additional credentials like SSL certificates. We've seen, of course, a number of these attack waves against uh, various databases, not just MongoDB, but in particular, these NoSQL databases tend to be vulnerable because they, by default, often do not offer the same protections that administrators are used to from traditional SQL databases. If you're quickly trying to scale a web application and also provide some basic filtering for it, then one attractive offering here is Cloudflare. Cloudflare provides proxies 
in the cloud as the name implies and does allow you to cache content, optimize content, and also filter content with a basic web application firewall. For an attacker, of course, it's always interesting to bypass Cloudflare in order to access the website directly. For example, in a denial of service scenario, an attacker could then still shut down the original website that is feeding data into Cloudflare. At least new to me now, a tool by Rhino Security Labs called Seafire does automate some of the techniques that can be used in order to bypass Cloudflare. The trick really is to figure out the IP address that is used by the website itself, not the one that DNS resolves to, which is typically Cloudflare's IP address. They're using a number of different techniques. Some of them, of course, are pretty straightforward like trying to find prior IP addresses for a particular site. And then of course, trying to trick the site itself to send requests outbound, which would come of course, from that particular original IP address. Interesting tool and something you should certainly play with if you are relying on Cloudflare for protection to see if it's still possible to figure out the original IP address, which is almost always the case. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.